podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to Jimenez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, It's game week 23 and you know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. Not just any episode, but a really cool one because the mighty Norwich won a game. The unofficial, official, unofficial team for the podcast this year. Norwich won a game. We'll see if um, our guest thinks they can go back to back this weekend. But guys, that that leads me to our guest. Um, He is none other than the current leader of Bank it or burn it. Um, his top score, his first go around this season of 15 out of 25 is the highest score so far this season. Second place, Jody has 13 out of 15. And third place, Alex has 12 out of 15. So none other than the OG of Bank it or burn it. Jake Jackman, how, how are you feeling hearing you on top of the leaderboard? Yeah, I mean, it's to be expected, isn't it? I think last year I was uh, I was leading the way for most of it, so I'm not surprised. I'm sure I will be overtaken at some point, but I'll enjoy it while it lasts. I'm sort of like the pace setter in a marathon. I think that's what I like to uh, I like to think of myself in the Van Kittelburner game. It's a good pace. It's a good pace to set. I mean, 15 out of 25, that, that's a very respectable score. And um, we'll see if you're going to be able to top that up. You won't be able to top it this week because controversially there isn't a banquet or burn it this week because we wanted to kind of dive into some of your thoughts on Newcastle this season and sort of the the the, the fight to survive. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that a lot more towards the middle of the podcast. But we'll start off with another team that's in the relegation zone and 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 you know the team they're playing against, the team they're traveling to play against are one point above the relegation zone. It's Watford. They host Norwich. And I started the podcast, obviously celebrating that wonderful Norwich win. Not so wonderful for Everton fans or some might say, hey, look, um, the, the the means, you know, it, it, it meant Rafa was gone. So maybe it was a positive for some of them. But Jake, what are you thinking of this Watford versus Norwich game? And and just let's just celebrate Norwich's amazing win. I don't know if you are you allowed to celebrate them considering the yeah, circumstances. I, I, I don't think I endorse that message, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> but, you know, I, I would I would admit that Norwich are the ones that I don't mind seeing win because I'm fairly convinced that Newcastle are going to finish above Norwich. It's the other two, Watford and Burnley, that I've got a few more doubts about. So, yeah, Norwich can win again this weekend. I wouldn't mind that. Even if, it, yes. yeah, even in the short term, that's bad for Newcastle. I think I'd rather I'd, I'd rather they won than Burnley. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put that out there. 
Watford even. Yeah, jo- just join us. Just join the bandwagon. It, it's a lot of fun. Um, we've got three wins so far this season, four draws. Uh, don't don't worry about the losses. Um, that's fine. But yeah, so it's an interesting game, Jake, because I mean, Watford, they they look a lot better when Jao Pedro's playing, I find. Um, and obviously Dennis still doing his thing. And a couple of players have come in We'll see how much of a difference that makes for them this season. But then Norwich, I don't think they're going to be able to do too much, you know, within with that will impact them this season in terms of the transfer window. But what do you make of this specific game? Yeah, it's a huge game, isn't it? Um, Norwich obviously got the win last weekend, giving them a bit of hope after quite a few bad results. And Watford... You know, they, I think they'd lost six on the bounce in the Premier League prior to last weekend where they got the late equaliser against Newcastle, which was uh, disappointing for me, but they probably were the other point. They were much better team in the second half and the equaliser was coming. And I thought that the new players they'd signed, um, Camera, the, the left back, was really impressive. Um, I think they had Samir at centre-back and they had another one in uh, Koyembe in, in defensive midfield. They all looked really, really good. They looked like shrewd additions that, that all added something to that team. So it looks like Watford are are going to be a lot better for having those signings. Uh, so, yeah, there's something to, to keep an eye on in the coming weeks, especially Camera, the, the left-back. He was very, very good. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a, an interesting match. I don't think Watford, uh, despite what I've just said about the new signings, are, are very good, the same as Norwich. I think all four teams that are currently down there are all pretty bad. So, you know, it's, it's matches like this that will matter. I think Watford would be pleased. They got point last week. Um, going away from home to St James Park, I think that's a good result for them. Keeping Newcastle in the relegation zone, I think they'll. This is one they'll probably target for a win. They'll think that they're they're better than Norwich. They'll think that they've got the attacking players like Dennis and King that can cause them a lot of problems. Um, and last week they only conceded one shot on target. Um, so that is that is pleasing, especially as their weakness seems to be at the back. So it is going to be a, a really really interesting game. Um, I think I'm going to sit on the fence here and go for a one-all draw. I think Norwich will have a bit of confidence. I think Watford are probably the better team um, and, and the home advantage to, to Norwich. I think they'll cancel each other out. A one-all draw, and it does seem like there's a lot of draws at the bottom of the table at the moment that are doing nobody any favours. So yeah, I think I'm going to predict that one for this, this game. No favours at all. It, it's 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 been very, very interesting, and it's just clogging things up quite a bit there. Um, I, I don't deny the fact that Watford are the better team, and I think at home they would be expecting to take the three points. Yeah, but you know what, Jake? When it comes to Norwich, we throw the rules out of the window because it's back-to-back wins. It has to be. It's going to be a sneaky 1-0 win. Um, you mentioned how good Watford looked defensively in terms of just limiting the amount of shots Norwich are only going to need one you know when when I I usually do a lot when it comes to analyzing and watching games and and bringing some sort of analysis into my predictions but Norwich is just a hard choice man it's one nil I mean over Christmas I did a, a an impromptu poem to them a festive poem um unfortunately that didn't work so I don't know if we're going to try that again um you know but it, it's just a simple 1-0, the odd result on the weekend where Norwich take confidence heading into the rest of the season. But on the opposite end of the scale, and a team that they did play last week and got that win from, a team without confidence at the moment, Jake Everton are in trouble at the moment. I mean, it's, it's always weird with Everton, especially this season, because I, 
anytime Everton do have a little bit of a slump, I'm always like, ah, oh, they'll they'll be fine come the end of the season. Like, I usually don't panic when it comes to Everton, but because there's so much going on behind the scenes there, I'm kind of starting to panic. Is is this uh, is this an overreaction from my end uh, coming up against an Aston Villa side that? there's going to be a little bit of a background story there, you know, Steven Gerrard managing them and the story that comes with that. But Aston Villa looked pretty decent in terms of a fight back team, a team that's willing to not give up on a game. They they got that draw against Man United when they were losing. Uh, I think they were 2-0 down at that point in time. I don't see that kind of fighting spirit out of Everton at the moment. And I'm I'm wary of how Everton navigate this game. I've I've gone to no Aston Villa. Am, am I being a bit too harsh here? No, I think that's a, that's a fine prediction. Uh, I wouldn't be too worried about Everton going down. I think that the four teams that are down there, they're all pretty bad, uh, as I said earlier. Uh, and I support one of them, so <laughs> there you go. I, they, they're all pretty bad. But could one of them get above Everton? Possibly. Could two? I don't think so. I think that's very unlikely. So, um yeah, I think I think they'll be fine, but I definitely agree there's problems. I think Benitez going isn't going to solve them. Um, I think that there are deep root problems with that club and the the talk of the the people they want to come in. Uh, Duncan Ferguson on an interim basis. I know he did okay last time, but I'm not quite sure he'll have the same impact again. He's sort of been there throughout all these managerial reigns, and, and I'm not sure he's going to be quite the fresh face that he was um, when he took over from Marco Silva. Um, so yeah, I. I, I think they're going to struggle I think they're going to finish in the bottom bottom six or seven of the table but they've got too much quality you know the likes of Decore and Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin uh, they've just got too many good players they'll, they'll win they'll win enough games to keep themselves out of it but yeah I think in the next three or four years could I see Everton just spiraling into to, to, to a crisis and perhaps a relegation uh, definitely I've, sort of similar to what I've seen at Newcastle before um and just uh, it, everything just seems to go wrong, and it does seem like that it's going that way. Everton, you know, they've had two, you could say, fading forces in Ancelotti and Benitez, but they're two very good managers, and neither of them really got much of a tune out of this squad. Um, so I definitely think it's worrying for Everton. But yeah, Aston Villa, really positive on Steven Gerrard so far. I think they, they've made some good signings. Um, I think that the the way the club is run, they're definitely ambitious, and they're trying to to push on and finish, sort of secure themselves as that seventh team, that seventh or eighth team in, in the league. And I think they've got a really good chance of doing that in the next couple of seasons. Um, yeah, they, they've been really good in, in every game I've seen them recently. Um, and, and they probably should have beaten Manchester United in both games. I thought they were the better team, especially in the second half. But then in the FA Cup game, they were definitely the better team. So, yeah, I think they'll win this one. 2-0 uh, sounds a good prediction to me. Yeah, let's 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 join up on that one. It's a shame you didn't join me for the Norwich one, but no worries, no worries. Um, so yeah, we've both gone two 0 for Aston Villa uh, against Everton. So I'm pretty sure you guys can lock that one up, take it to the bank. Um, Jake, we move on to a team, and and speaking of locking down, a team that seems to be locking down other teams in terms of the opportunities that they're giving other teams. It's Wolverhampton and. I'm I'm loving their low key season. Uh, I love a team who doesn't kick up a fuss, isn't always in the news, doesn't necessarily have the most splashiest of players, especially considering um, you know the kind of source that is in the Premier League. But they just go about this business, getting wins. Um, that's now three wins in their last four games, um, four games without a loss as well. 
they have to travel to Brentford, who I think have been suffering um, of late. I mean, you know, it's it's a bit of a contrast in form. Brentford have only won one of their last five games, and this is not a team that Brentford will be wanting to play. I I, I feel sorry for them because it's 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 two tough games. Um, it's a it's a game against Liverpool at Anfield. Then they have a game against Man United, albeit, uh, you know, a, a home game, but still a game against Man United. Wolves must be looking at this fixture and thinking, we should be capitalizing on what will probably be an exhausted Brentford side. Yeah, Wolves have been good this year. Um, I think that things to sort of round their course under Nuna and they've been taken on under the Bruno Large. They've stuck with a three at the back but they're definitely more progressive in their style. Uh, and yeah, they um, just say they're a good Premier League team now. There's, there's just nothing more about it. Um, and they've dealt with a few, you know, key absences. Willie Bolley's not played much this year. Johnny's yet to play this season. Um, Raul Jimenez um, was slowly getting back to form. So they've had their issues, but they've, they've maintained good form. You've also got Pedro Neto, who's not featured yet. So they're definitely going to come on stronger over the second half of the season, I think. Um and yeah, Brentford to me they look like a, they look like they're going to have a really tough second half of the season. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you pulled up the the table for twenty twenty two come the end of the season uh, and see Brentford at the bottom of it. I really wouldn't. Um, they've really not looked too good in recent weeks. The game against Southampton they were they were ripped apart. They looked a little bit better against Liverpool, but it was still quite comfortable um, for Liverpool. And I just think that maybe in the big games they're going to. They're just their intensity is going to mean they cause problems. Like maybe t- uh, tonight, as we record against um, uh, Manchester United, maybe they'll cause a couple of problems. But I think against the, the rest of the teams in the league, I just think that they they maybe have lost that that momentum that they built, and that I think they're really going to struggle. So yeah, Wolves Wolves to win. I think Wolves keep clean sheet. Uh, two two nil Wolves. Back to back two nils there, and the the thing for me as well is. For Brentford, the, the the amount of games that are just coming thick and fast, it's it's too much for. I think starting eleven, they've got a really in you know really good starting eleven that can cause teams problems. But that's a starting eleven having you know a full week to prepare for a game, getting up for it and and having a go. I think could cause problems. These midweek games, you know, playing games with a lot of injuries, having to rotate players, it I just think it's too much for them at the moment and, and kind of tells the tale of why they started the season so hot. The players are fresh. The players are ready to go, excited to be in the Premier League. You mentioned, you know, some of those bigger games, the players really get up for them. Now they're kind of in the flow of the Premier League, in the depth of a very busy period. I think the winter break can't come soon enough for them and 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 we'll see how they how they react after that but I, I agree with you in terms of the the winner in this one I'm I'm gonna go with a 3-0 Wolves win I just think that Brentford's legs are going to be shot coming into this game and and Wolves are going to be able to capitalize um the team that Brentford do play um tonight at time of recording is Man United and on the weekend they're going to be playing a top four contender rival and Jake, I don't know if many people would have boldly said that um, at the start of the season. I mean, we saw hints of it last season, but as is custom in the Premier League, the difficulty is being consistent season in, season out. And I think, you know, uh, 
the questions were raised about West Ham. Can they keep that momentum going? Now, obviously, West Ham are in fourth place at the moment, but they've definitely played at the very least two games at some points it's four games more than their rivals for that coveted fourth spot do you see this as a six pointer this early on in terms of man united versus west ham or the fact that there's so much disparity between the amount of games that have been played that west ham can kind of take a free hit here and and, and see if they can make up points elsewhere yeah i think i agree i think west ham definitely it's not a must-win game for west ham i think Nobody's really expecting West Ham to finish in the top five or six, even even now. Um, so I think that they, you know, that they that freedom um, for them is, is quite it's quite liberating. I think that they, they know there's not pressure on them, and that can often lead to them playing good football. We saw them, you know, the, the matches they played against Manchester City, Chelsea, and Liverpool this year. We've seen how good they've been in those fixtures, uh, getting points where where perhaps you'd not think they would be able to. So I think they'll take a lot of confidence from that into this one. But yeah, the, the pressure's all on Manchester United. They really need to start winning games. They need to put a run together of five, six, seven league wins if they're going to really emerge as a top four contender. Because at, at the time uh, that we record now, I probably look at Tottenham, I look at Arsenal, I look at West Ham. I think they're all more likely to finish in those top four spots for me. Um, I just don't think it's clicked under Ragnick at the moment. I think that he, he doesn't quite know how to manage the egos and the, and the Manchester United squad having similar issues to Solskjaer. I think that in the first half against Villa, things looked really a lot better. I thought Bruno uh, playing without Ronaldo, he, he just looked like the force he was before. But I can see Ronaldo coming back in and that's going to cause him a lot of problems. And, and West Ham, although they conceded quite a few goals last week, I think they're just a solid, solid team. And I think that, yeah, they've got the... They've got the quality uh, and, and the experience and they'll be well rested for this one. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go a 2-1 West Ham win and just the, the, the malaise to continue Old Trafford. That's going to be a very, very spicy game. I mean, from my perspective, I agree with you with the whole, you know, once Ronaldo comes back in. And, and that's that's kind of where a lot of things started and stopped, stops with United's issues. But um, is they have to shoehorn him in at you know somewhere you're not going to not play ronaldo he might sit out a game or two or if he's injured you know he had that i think it's a hip injury that he was coming back from fine but he's going to play the majority of games and he just seems to eat up a lot of the chances that other people would have been contributing to the team it like i don't like ronaldo's going to score his goal he's going to get his from my perspective goals assists ronaldo's going to get his the issue for me is it's at the expense of other players in the team. Whereas you want someone that would come in and compliment. So, you know, if Bruno's still getting his goals and then Ronaldo gets his goals on top of it, that that's, that's a scary team. But it's it, to me, it seems like because Ronaldo's scoring, others now can't. And so they're still going to score the same amount of goals. It's just all of them are going to be attributed to Ronaldo now opposed to, you know, becoming a, a better unit altogether. This game's going to suit West Ham because it's at Old Trafford. The crowd is going to expect Man United to dominate the ball, go, you know, be very aggressive, be attacking. The And also the crowd will, I think, treat this as a must-win game, knowing where West Ham in the league, knowing where Man United are. And that kind of anticipation and aggression coming from the crowd, I think it's going to bleed onto the pitch. And I don't, 
think that helps United. West Ham are just going to sit back, soak it up, and then send it back with the likes of Antonio Bowen um, out on the counterattacks. And that's going to be the undoing for United in this one. As I said, I think Ronaldo gets his. He always does. I'm going 3-2, Jake. I'm going for a really exciting high-scoring game. Um, I, I think West Ham do win it in the end because of that you know, counter-attack ability, but I do think it's going to be a really, really exciting game. Um, but it's certainly not going to be the game you're watching, I'm imagining, because at the exact same time, three o'clock, Leeds United versus Newcastle. Now, Jake, I know this game is not going to be broadcast in the UK or three, you know, the three o'clock games have that embargo at the moment. Um, if only we knew of, of, of something that could kind of help with you know um geo blocked websites and 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 that kind of stuff you know government posed restrictions to access to any website if like if there was a way like hear me out here if if there was a way that you could let's say watch nbc you know an american channel but you're sat here in the uk wouldn't wouldn't that help solve your problems Yes, it would. It would so help solve my problems. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I thought that was a monologue. <laughs> no, I, I was. I was just curious. You know, like if, if for example, um, you know, and and we'll roll with this. Like in South Africa, they show every single Premier League game, and I'm very jealous of that. Like, if there was a way that you didn't even need to look whether or not. Newcastle were playing at three o'clock and trying to figure out how you were going to watch that game. You just switch your TV on and switch on South African TV all the way here in the UK. Would that that would be pretty neat? Yeah, definitely would be. Well, you know what? Just for you, just because you're here and you're leading Bank or Burn, I've got a fantastic, fantastic offer for you. It's from our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. They are a VPN provider, and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. Um, they have awesome features, including privacy and security. You can hide your IP address from anyone, um, you know, hackers or, you know, the dodgy people that are trying to look at your internet history and stuff like that by encrypting your internet traffic. You can avoid geo blocks and government imposed restrictions to access any websites or TV channels and sorts from outside of the country. Um, they've got a, a a discount code at the moment. If you guys go and enter the coupon code EPL599, this is uh, this one is valid until the 31st of January. So guys, do get that one in as soon as you can because it is going to run out soon. It will discount a monthly software subscription bought to you, you know, that you do buy on Liberty Shield website. Um, buy £5.99, which means you get your standard 48-hour free trial and then your first month of the VPN for only £1. Um, it will revert back to the full price of six ninety nine per month after the month one you know after that first month but you can log in and cancel your subscription at any point in time before the subs kick in i mean it's a fantastic fantastic vpn package it it you know it allowed me i watched the eternals this 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 week um obviously marvel disney plus hbo max movies tv series they've got box offices for days um 
there's so much that you can access through Liberty Shield VPN. And as I said, you get to avoid those geo blocks. You don't need to worry about dodgy streams when it comes to watching the three o'clock games. But Jake, it's it's Leeds versus Newcastle. And we'll probably expand a lot more on Newcastle for this one. Um, and I'll allow you to to just wax lyrical about Newcastle. But what are your feelings towards Newcastle at the moment? We're kind of halfway through the transfer window. Maybe we were anticipating a lot more business, at least done. There is a lot rumored with Newcastle at the moment, but at least done by now. Already, you know, kind of starting to get embedded into the team and and, and helping with that fight to survive um, the Premier League what what is the feeling of you as as the Newcastle representative for our podcast, and and then maybe if you want to head into this Leeds versus Newcastle game, you you can go into that as well. Yeah, it's pretty tough at the moment. Um, obviously, one win all season. Uh, it's difficult to really get too uh, I don't know to be too confident about where the season's heading. Um, I think that. I would have expected them to sign one or two more by this point, but I think their view on it is there's two Premier League games in January, Watford and Leeds. If they get through them, you know, it's, it's not like they're going to lose huge ground by not making the signings early. It's only two games. I think that's their point of view. Um, and, and the selling clubs that they're trying to, to target, Diego Carlos at, at Sevilla, Sven Botman at Lille, um, and various other players, like the, the, the prices are just keeping going up and up uh, because Newcastle are, are seemingly more and more desperate. But it's you know in transfer window, it's quite often an agreement found later in the window. So I think I wouldn't be too worried about that. But yeah, heading into this Leeds game without a, a centre back signed doesn't fill me with hope about the game. Um, I thought last week again against Watford, I thought we were good for the first half. Um, we controlling the game a lot better under Eddie Howe but the problem is when we go ahead we just we just can't hold on to the lead it seems to be panic uh, I think we've dropped 22 points from winning position this year which yeah or 21 points yeah not good um, and I think it's it's just in the heads of the players now they do, they were playing fine until they scored and then it was just camping back and just letting Watford come onto them and I can't imagine that as a game plan from Eddie Howe because he's not that type of manager so there just seems to be a, a lot of game management issues at the club um, and a, a, a good centre-back and a good central midfielder to come in before the end of the window would, would help massively in just our ability to control matches, especially when we're in the lead. That is where the, the issue lies. Um, despite only having one win all season, you know, you'd think one win would, would cut us adrift, but we're still well within uh, the grasp of getting out of it. I think that it's, it's going to be tough, but I, I think that with a couple of quality players, we could definitely... Stay up. It uh, depends a lot on what the other other three teams are doing down there, but I think that it, we've definitely got the the ability to do it. Um, you know, you see, see St. Maximus probably having his best season in England. Uh, I think Trippi has added a lot of quality um, on the ball in terms of our build of play, so he's definitely going to be a, a, a good player uh, heading forward. I think Chris Wood will score goals. Um, you know, I think he's definitely capable of getting four or five before the end of the season. Um, and it weakens Burnley too. You've seen that you've got that double-edged short to that one. So, yeah, it's a, yeah I, as I can see with the, the new ownership, there's going to be teething issues, but I can definitely see it's going to be a brighter future ahead. I guess the million-dollar question is whether that's going to be in the Championship next year or if they're going to maintain their Premier League status, which, you know, if we go down, I don't think it, it's as disastrous as it would have been without new owners but it just delays things a lot um and yeah you've just it 
it does set you back several years. So hopefully we we don't go down, but with every week that passes without without more wins, it does look more and more likely. So it's a difficult one at the moment. I'm I'm still semi. I don't know. I'm not I'm not semi confident at all. I'm I'm still hopeful that we can get out of it, but it's going to be tough. But yeah, this weekend against Leeds is going to be tough game for Leeds. Are really good against West Ham. They looked more like their old selves. But the thing with Leeds this year has just been the inconsistency. They've they've had a few games where they've looked really good and then the next week they, they haven't. So I'm hoping for more of that. Um, I definitely think we've got the type of players as well, um, like Joe, Joe Linton in the middle of the park and, and St. Maximan. In attack, we've got the type of players that would do well against Leeds in the in their sort of 1v1 marking system. You can see St. Maximan definitely having a field day against Leeds. And it's a game that we... You know, it's not a must-win at this point, but it's definitely a game that is one of the more winnable ones we've got between now and the end of the season. So I'm hopeful that we can go there and win. Leeds have got a few injury issues. I know, uh, I think it was Forshaw and Furpo went off in the first half. Uh, still quite a few players out. So hopefully that plays into our advantage uh, and we can get a win. Um, I think it will definitely suit us more playing against Leeds because I think Watford... Um, and the Cambridge game in the FA Cup as well, it, they were sort of sitting more deep and sort of trying to block us and, and, and restricting the space we had in the attacking half where that's not going to happen as Leeds. Leeds will give us space and I'm hopeful that will lead to a bit of a, a game of chaos because I think there's much more chance than you guys coming up, coming up on top in a game of chaos than it is a, in a structured game at the moment until we make more signings. So, yeah. I'm going to tip us to win 2-1. I'm not going to come on here and not predict us to win. But if I was a neutral, I'd probably look at Leeds' performance last weekend and, and, and maybe give them the slight advantage and, and think they'll get the win. But yeah, I'll, I'll be hopeful. I'll be uh, hopeful I, until I can't possibly be hopeful anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Jake. And so well summed up. I mean, one of those key points that you did mention is the fact that it's not that many Premier League games in January. So you can if you can get through let's say this Leeds game it does put you in a good position leading up to the the end of the transfer window and then you know the business really does start to try and learn and fight to survive but Jake uh just one thing that I wanted to ask you on because I, I I've got you here and I, and I do always love getting your input you, you give great analysis on on some of this well all of this stuff but specifically with regards to you know, I'm looking at Burnley, they're at the bottom of the league, but they've only played 17 games. Newcastle have played 20, Norwich 21, a couple of 19s for the teams above, you know. Does that worry you or give you hope in terms of what do you think then the psychology of that heading into the second part of the season? And then if you want to jump into Southampton versus Man City, um, by all means, do jump into there. It doesn't really bother me that much. I think that all the teams down there are, are there for a reason. I can't see Burnley going to win all their matches in hand, for example. If anything, Burnley got a small squad. It could work against them. Uh, I know when they were in the Europa League for that period, they really did struggle. So I'm not sure that it's that much of an advantage for Burnley. Um, I think Newcastle have got a couple of games in hand against Everton and Southampton. They're two sort of winnable games. So I'm not quite sure on the... On, on the uh, on who the other teams have in hand. But I know Burnley and Watford have got each other in hand, but I think Burnley have got Tottenham as well. Um, 
and Leicester. So they're games that you just look at and think they 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 might they're unlikely to win it. You know, you could you know they could beat any team, but I can't see them pulling away with those games in hand. So yeah, it doesn't really bother me too much. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it how it unfolds. All Newcastle have to focus on is winning their games. They've got enough games between now and the end of the season. If they you know. If they win enough of them, they will stay after this. It's in, it's in that it's in all of their hands, really, because you know if, if if any of the four teams won all their matches, they would stay up. So it's, it doesn't really matter in the games of hand at this point. We just got to focus on ourselves, try and get the wins. Um, and at the end of the day, if we go down, it's not to do with what Burnley and Watford do in their games in hand. It's what we do between now and the end of the season. So hopefully, we we sort ourselves out and. Start to climb the table. I can't imagine it's going to be as bad as it has been for the first half of the season. Um, but yeah, I've been saying that for months and it's not really changed. So we'll see how it how it goes. But yeah, um, look, moving on from Newcastle, as I think we've we've had our our fill. Uh, was it Southampton Manchester City the next game? Yeah, Southampton Man City. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be a. Uh, straightforward with Manchester City. I think I think they've been the big winners over the festive period. They're on such a good unbeaten run. Even you know in the in the match they had against Chelsea last week, they're just so so good. Uh, they didn't look at, at all troubled. Um, even you know they had a couple of defensive lapses, but even when they do that, they're so quick to recover. Uh, they just look like a a machine at this point, and I can't see either Liverpool or Chelsea, especially Chelsea, but even Liverpool getting too close to them between now and the end of the season. Uh, Southampton, they've been a uh, better um, in in recent weeks. I think they're, they're starting to find their groove under Hassan Hutu. thought they were unlucky uh, against Wolves last week after the equaliser from Ward Prowse, which is which an incredible free kick. They hit the bar just before Wolves got their third, so it could have been a different story. They played really well against Brentford at home. Um, and I think they've got players in Broha and uh, Adams that can cause problems for Manchester City on the counter. But yeah, City will be too strong. Uh, I think I'm going to go 2-0, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Southampton get a goal, but I'll go 2-0. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair result. Um, I, I, Maybe I'm just harsh. I had been a bit harsher um, on that. I just think City are on an absolute tear at the moment, and they're going to want to stamp their authority on the league and, and try and psychologically win it before uh, Champions League starts up again so that you know, they can put all their concentration into that because I think we all know that's the one that they really, really want to get, um, you know, uh, you know, no disrespect to the other ones, but I think that's the one that they've got their eyes set on. So I think an emphatic 3-0 win here is is what the doctor orders for uh, Man City. And, and we did mention in the last podcast, you know, if, if Southampton want to win, Hazen Hutter has to bring back the vest and he still hasn't brought it back. So and, until I see that, I'm, I'm not predicting a Southampton win. I just don't think the team feels comfortable looking on the touchline and seeing a guy in a tracksuit. It, it just doesn't bode well for me. I think the vest, the vest look with, you know, the chino pants, smart shoes, it was working so well for them this season. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to blame that for most of Southampton's woes this season but I, I you know in their last game um in all seriousness I did enjoy the fight back feel that they had uh, they they weren't going to give up on a game against a very tough Wolves team I mean we, we've waxed lyrical about Wolves pre- um, earlier on this podcast so I, I did like that they're still fighting for their manager they're still playing good football 
Um, and, you know, there's some key players there that could come up big in, in games. You've mentioned Or Prowse, you've mentioned Broha. Um, if you, if, you know, if they could, if they can catch teams, um, I don't know if they can catch City on, on, on an off day here, because as I said, I think City are going to be wanting to put this one to bed and, and try and put the Premier League to bed as quickly as they possibly can. Um, I got a message in my ear earlier that I hadn't given my prediction for Leeds Newcastle. And I think subconsciously that's because I'd I'd predicted a two two draw, Jake, and I, I guess I didn't want to upset you. Um, it, I I I just don't trust Newcastle's defending at the moment. I think they they lead goals and Leeds's appetite to go chase goals versus Newcastle's also uh, appetite from an attacking standpoint. I can see this being kind of a basketball shootout, end to end type of game and ending in both teams kind of cancelling each other's out. So I'll, I'll quickly move on and hope that you forget that I, I predicted a draw there, Jake. I am sorry. But the game that follows this one, you know, it, we're moving on to Sunday now and it's Arsenal versus Burnley. Now, we're not sure if this game will go ahead. I mean, they're, they're you know, all, all games seem to be in jeopardy at this point in time of the season of being postponed, but specifically Arsenal versus Burnley, considering they're two of the teams that have had a lot of games postponed recently. But Jake, we'll we'll go with the notion that it does go ahead. Um, What are your thoughts on Arsenal versus Burnley? I mean, it it would be difficult to, to try and guess what shape, what team which players are going to show up for Burnley because we just don't know. We we don't have enough evidence over the last couple of weeks to make an educated guess, in my opinion. Um, Arsenal, I suppose if this podcast was on Thursday um, or, or rather Friday after the, the Carabao Cup game, maybe would get an, an, an idea and that's, you know, if that game does go ahead as well. But did you, you know, were you like me struggling to to find some sort of analysis for this for this game, Arsenal v Burnley? Yeah, it's difficult, as you say. It might not even go ahead, and you don't know where the two teams are. But um, you probably have to say that Burnley, after losing Chris Wood and then Court Corne being at the Afcon, uh, whoever's available, it's going to be tough for them to go to the Emirates and, and score goals and, and get a result. I think that. Arsenal, even if they've got the amount of absentees that we, we think they might have, I'm sure you know a few of the the injury doubts will be back. Um, and yeah, you'd you'd have to you'd have to think Arsenal would would have enough for Burnley at home, whatever the side that the two clubs put out. So yeah, you'd have to predict an Arsenal win, probably a, a, again two 0 It seems to be my scoreline for everything today, but be a nice routine two 0 win here for Arsenal. They do they don't seem to score. Loads and loads of goals, especially against Burnley historically. But I think they'll they'll have more than enough to to get the three points if it does go ahead. Yeah, and and two nils a sound score. Um, I, I I struggle to see Burnley scoring in this game as well. Um, you've mentioned um the issues that they would have from an attacking fire point of view, and also just not knowing which Burnley is going to turn up is quite difficult. So I think a 2-0 is, is quite a solid result. I'm wondering if there is an impact. You know, Arsenal, you know, have a, a, a small squad at the moment um, because of AFCON injuries, 
um, if there are COVID cases, etc., playing Liverpool and then playing Burnley on the weekend, would that cause them problems? I've gone with a 1-0 Arsenal win because of that. Um, and, and maybe I'm I'm wrong there in that it, it might cancel each other out in terms of Burnley's match fitness versus Arsenal's tired legs. Maybe it does cancel each other out. But um, I think 1-0, I, I don't see too many goals going in in this game. Um, yeah, so, so I've gone 1-0 for this one. Jake, we move on to Crystal Palace versus Liverpool. And I must admit, as a Liverpool fan, this is one of those fixtures that I always get really nervous for. Salas Park for Liverpool. We we, we get decent results there every now and then. Uh, I suppose as a club like Liverpool have been in recent years where they're, they're nearer to the top of the table. But there's just something about Salas Park that makes me really nervous. Maybe it is that that dreaded draw that we got there a couple of years ago um, that was part of of many reasons why we fell short in, in, in getting Steven Gerrard a title. But I'm, I'm more optimistic this time around, uh, despite us not having Salah and Mane for this game and having to play um, Arsenal in midweek if that game does go ahead. I, I think Crystal Palace are one of the teams that's also trying to find their feet at the moment. I get different versions of Palace every time I watch them at the moment. Um, They obviously got the 1-1 draw against Brighton last time out, but I thought Brighton looked the far better team and and Brighton have looked the better team in a lot of games this season. So, so, you know, nothing too bad to say about Crystal Palace there from that perspective, but they've just seemed to, to... either be unlucky and or a bit disjointed of late. And I think that's going to be to Liverpool's benefit in this one. I've gone with a 2-1 Liverpool win. Um, it's not a confident win. As I said, I, I, I always get nervous uh, when it comes to Salas Park. But what do you make of Crystal Palace Liverpool? Yeah, I think this is this going to be an interesting game. Palace have obviously got a, good, a lot of good young players at the moment. Um, I didn't think they were too good at Brighton, though. Uh, and they're another one that I can maybe see fading a little bit in the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, they've still got the players on their day to, to cause anybody problems. Conor Gallagher seems to be on an absolute tear at the moment. Um, he would definitely be looking to, to prove himself in games like this um, if he wants to go back to Chelsea and get in the, in the team. So he's got a little bit of added incentive to perform. Uh, Liverpool, obviously without Salah and Mane, but they've still got a lot of good players. Uh, and, and, and again, they show against Brentford that they're still going to be uh, more than good enough to beat the majority of teams in this division, even without their two key attacking players. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna oh, I'll go three nil on this one. I think that it's Liverpool are normally reliable in games like this. I know they've had a few problems against Palace in the past, but yeah, I can't see that being repeated. I think that Palace um, they're missing a few players themselves, at the African Cup of Nations, um, and yeah, they. They should have conceded more against Brighton uh, last week. So, yeah, I think the Liverpool should have more than enough. Uh, and, yeah, mate, Jota might step up and get a couple of goals this weekend. So, yeah, 3-0 Liverpool, I think, for this one. Excellent stuff. And I suppose those fantasy players definitely get Jota in uh, based on that recommendation. Um, Jake, the next game really, really fascinates me. And... It, it maybe it's a bit unfortunate that 
this version of Leicester is the one we've got this season, which is just hasn't seemed to click this season. You mentioned Man United haven't clicked this season. Leicester have also been one of those teams that just haven't quite got it going this season. They come up against a Brighton side that I'm pretty sh- I don't think it's controversial to say, but any neutral fan, if you're going to pick a club, you know, it's got to be Brighton at the moment in terms of just enjoying a good game of football. It can be very frustrating and, and, and I can imagine for their fans, very frustrating at times uh, when it comes to the final, you know, that final piece that they're missing, that goal scoring, the, 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 the efficiency in front of goal, but everything else other than that, maybe goalkeeper could be improved, um, you know, especially looking at the goal they conceded this past um, midweek, I think yesterday against Chelsea, but Brighton for me are a really, really exciting team. They're in the top half of the Premier League at the moment. They're one position above Leicester, but obviously Leicester have um, you know only played 18 games. Brighton have played 21, but they've got a four-point buffer there, and and they could increase that in this game. Do you share my my sentiments on Brighton and and the season they've had, opposed to a Leicester side who? I'm assuming, based on their record last season, are going to head into this game favourites. Um, I, I haven't looked at the bookies or anything yet, but I'm assuming, just based on um, recent history, Leicester are going to be favourites in that one. If they are, I think it's a very, very tasty bet to to go with Brighton in this one, and I certainly will be going with Brighton in my score prediction. But let, let's hear what you have to say about this one. Yeah, I think this is going to be quite a good game. Um, I think Leicester, uh, they have had a few problems this, this year, but they, I think they have been slowly improving as the season's gone on. Um, I think Madison is in, in such good form at the moment. I think that um, without Vardy at the moment, um, you're going to see Daka come in. I think he's, he's been named in the team tonight to play Tottenham, so we're recording for that game. But I think this is a chance for him to go and prove what he can do in the Premier League. Um but Brighton, I think uh, uh, they're sort of like a a, a a mid-table version of City in that you know what to expect from them. They're very machine-like. They they can be missing key players and make several changes, but they sort of keep that base level of performance. Um, they they do have problems killing games off, and they do have problems scoring the goals that they perhaps should at times. But they're, they're just so consistent. That's the main thing I'll say about them. It's the consistency. And, and I don't think Leicester have got that this year. So Brighton are probably due a, a quite a big result. I know they've had a lot of draws recently. But you look at it, Leicester coming off such a, a long break without too many games of football, playing on the Wednesday night and then going in and, and playing again at the weekend. Brighton will have had a, uh, a, a slightly longer break after playing Chelsea on the Tuesday. Uh, and they should be a little bit fitter where they've been um, playing a lot more football during this period. So I think I'm going to tip Brighton for this one. 1-0, I think Brighton games are normally low scoring, but I think that they should have enough. And it's just the consistency for me that, that tips it in their favour. Was that one or two? Uh, 1-0. 1-0, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, especially with the issues that Brighton have had in front of goal of late. I, I do think they need two goals in this game if they're going to see it off because I can see Leicester, Leicester getting one. Um, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm not super confident of the the goalkeeping side of things at Brighton and I do think they, they might 
they might concede a goal in this one. So I've gone 2-1 to Brighton this one, but definitely call for us both going for the dogs in this one, the underdogs. Um, guys, I, I, I'm definitely going to be watching this game, but we end off the weekend with what could be a really fun game. Um, once again, we're hoping that all of these games are able to go ahead. Um, it's Chelsea versus Spurs. Jake, it's a Chelsea side who... I don't know what to make of them at the moment. And I, it seems like they don't know what to make of them at the moment. It, it was interesting for me to see them change formations. I, I don't know if you thought that was just needs must because of rotation, etc., or if it's, you know, we, we've been drawing a hell of a lot of games of late. We need to change something in the system um, in order to try and go get a win. And they do end up obviously going and getting a, a draw in that game. We mentioned uh, Brighton side of things, uh, you know, just now. But from a Chelsea perspective, what is it that they need to do and fix in this game against a Spurs side who they're not the the, the strongest defensively? Um, obviously, Romero probably coming back. I, I know he's been training and and he's en route to you know to to making to making his comeback for Tottenham. Um, they play Leicester tonight at time of recording. We we obviously don't have that side of things in terms of how they play in that game. And Romero isn't starting that game. Um, I don't see him on the bench either in terms of the lineups that have been um, announced. But if he doesn't play again, there's definitely goals there for Lukaku. I can see him bullying any, pick any one of the three defenders, whether it's Ben Davies, if it's Davison Sanchez, Tanganga, if Dyer comes back, any one of those Lukaku shouldn't have a problem with. But he's not really a factor at the moment. So maybe Tottenham might catch Chelsea at a good time here. What's going to go on in this game? I mean, I, I haven't said much about Tottenham and maybe in my second go around, uh, I'll touch on them a bit. But if, if, if you have anything more to say on them as well, go ahead. But this could be an interesting way to end the weekend. Yeah, it will be. I think that Tottenham, uh, we've just seen Tottenham and Chelsea play a couple few times in, in the Cup, uh, and Chelsea definitely seen the more accomplished unit in those matches, even though they've had poor league form. Um, so I don't know what that tells us about what's going to happen this weekend. I think that I think Spurs are definitely improving under Conte, but I think they've got a long way to go, and I think that he would like to see a few improvements in the squad. Um, seeing the team they've put out against Leicester, you know, it's, it's it doesn't really scream goals to me. Um, they've got um, they, they've they've played a team that that's got five at the back, and then you've got Skip, Hoiberg, and Winks, and just Mora and Kane, the two attacking players. You've, so there definitely seems to be some problems for Tottenham if they manage to get into the top four this year. That would be an exceptional achievement by Conte if he manages to do it because they are definitely. Relying on Son, Son and Kane, uh, and, and as we know, Kane's not been great this year. Son's been good, but he, he will be missing this weekend, I'd expect. So, yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I think that Chelsea have got their own problems. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if their formation change will be a, a, a permanent thing. I think they've got Christensen and um, a couple of others, or a couple of other centre backs injured. And you've also got Ruth James out and and Ben Chilwell out. So I think they've just been stretched defensively. Um, so yeah, I think that they they will move back to a back three if they can. I wouldn't be surprised for them to do that, even if they don't have any players back. I could maybe see 
um, than bringing Malang Saar back into the team for this one. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, it's going to be a tough game, but I think that Chelsea showed in the in the two cup games that they're just a, a little bit better than Tottenham at the moment. I expect that to 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 be the case in the league again, even if Chelsea are um, slightly dropping off under Tuchel. Interesting, interesting times. Um, from my perspective, from a Tottenham side of things, I mean, I'm looking at their team sheet for tonight's game, and that that doesn't inspire anything. As you're saying, with the formation and the defensive side of things, um, unless Harry Kane wakes up um, and, and and starts to get back to the Kane that we kind of knew from you know seasons gone by, then. I'm not sure where the goals are coming from unless it's set pieces as well. Um, but yeah, famous last words. Obviously, this is before the game's been played and this podcast will be out after the game is played. So, you know, nothing like a hot take. Um, no one's ever been burnt with a hot take before something's happened. So, yeah, um, I'm going to go. I just don't trust Spurs offensively or defensively at the moment. Chelsea have been dodgy of late but they've still got enough to get by Spurs I hate that I've got I would have three two ones in a row and I know it's harsh but I'm gonna go three one to Chelsea to Chelsea I'm sorry Spurs fans but I I don't trust Spurs at the moment and I can't try they've not given me any evidence to trust them this season and you know what I'm I'm confident saying that even though I know they've got a game later tonight and usually it's, it's it's wiser to be cautious. But the thing is, one game isn't going to fix Spurs' problems heading into a game against Chelsea. They're playing a Leicester side who haven't played much football of late, who also have a disjointed squad at the moment, who've got the likes of, you know, they've got O'Brien at right back at the moment. Vestergaard and Sianchi have looked pretty woeful defensively. So even if Spurs go and wax lyrical all over Leicester, in this game tonight, I just don't trust them against Chelsea, and and, and and I take it as a hot take. I don't think that's a hot take. I'm going three-one to Spurs. Your score, Jake? I think two-nil to Chelsea. I think that they. I mean, yeah, three-one got... to to Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. I, yeah, two-nil Chelsea. I think they've got yeah, they're a little bit better than Spurs at the moment, as I said, and I think that. Spurs about Son in the team. I think they're going to struggle to create, uh, and yeah, I think there's going to be a Chelsea clean sheet. And and we saw we kind of saw this game in in the Carabao Cup recently. I don't think Spurs laid much of a glove on Chelsea in either of those games. So I've I've got precedent there. Um, yeah, so three one Chelsea from me, two nil to Chelsea from Jake. But Jake, that's going to do it for another episode of a tad, tad predictable. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up? Um, you can get my Twitter at jjackwood 2 ends. I write for various sites, including EPL Index. Uh, I've got I write for a a, a Newcastle stats site called um, YI Scout, which I've got, I'm doing a profile of each tran- uh, January signing as they come in. So hopefully there'll be a lot more of those to come in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, give give both of those sites a look. That is awesome stuff. Um, guys, from my end, go and check out all of the content on EPL Index website. There are match previews, post-match reviews, player performances. And, you know, as Jake has mentioned, with the transfer window being up and running, there's a whole lot of cool, interesting stuff that you can check out on the website. Just 
build up that knowledge of maybe some of the players coming in that you don't necessarily know too much of the Jake and then and the people the good people of EPL index will definitely help you out on that side of things um, of course there is the daily podcast show the two-footer podcast with Mr. Dave Hendrick uh, finally check out the flagship show that runs weekly it's the EPL roundtable where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams they do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL um Jake are you going to be on that show anytime soon um I, I was fortunate to be on this past week we discussed uh Rafa Benitez we discussed some of the COVID rules and the cancellations and and all of that stuff um I know you're a regular usually on that show yeah I was on a couple of weeks ago uh after the FA Cup game so I'm sure I'll be back on again in the next few weeks as well Awesome, guys. Definitely do look out for that one. And then, in terms of Twitter, guys, go and follow the Twitter page at a tad predictable. Go follow at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to EPL Index on your podcast channels uh, and your podcast providers. Give us five stars. Write some positive comments if you guys feel so inclined. That stuff goes a really long way uh, to helping us out. Go sign up for the free predictions competition. That's EPLindex.com stroke predictions and stand a chance to win. All you have to do is get your game week predictions in at eplindex.com stroke predictions each week. Um, I know, you know, for example, the evening games tonight, they haven't quite kicked off yet. So if you if you rush, you can go get predictions in. Obviously, this is me, you know, if this was a live show, then they could get them in. But um, definitely get them in for the weekend. If you top that leaderboard come the end of the 21-22 EPL season, you stand a chance to win £100 voucher for EPL shop. And then you also stand a chance to win £300 cash prize from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. So not only are they helping you out, watch all the games, get some movies in there, watch TV series, watch different shows from around the world. They're also giving away money. <laughs> These guys are pretty awesome. Uh, shout out to Liberty Shield for that. Um, I've been to the Uchin Akira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts. We have a brand new intro. Huge thank you to Obi Semenya for that. He's at John Empire SA. Our producer behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle. Uh, he's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. He's been Jake Jackman. That's at Jake Jackman with two N's on the end on Twitter. And remember, Jisinga Perry, Shinoshura. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see it. Oh, it's glorious. And towards Rousey, strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Pick that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard. Oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Sports Social Podcast Network.